It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast brought to you by PSCNG. Energy efficiency for game time and any time. Visit PSCG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, home energy assessments. We're joined by the one and only Charles Davis, friend of the program. You can see him on NFL Network during the year. You can see him on CBS. You can hear him on Sirius. He's on 18 different NFL Network shows this time of year because it's draft season. Charles, it's good to see you. I love seeing the dog in the background. Looks like you're kind of just chilling, a little calm before the storm coming with the NFL draft, huh? Yeah, it's good to see you again, John. And, you know, appearances can be deceiving. You know that, right? And uh, none of us, you, me, anyone who's connected with the NFL right now, no one's chilling as we head towards the draft. Everyone's got work to do. And I've got plenty more ahead of me before we get to showtime on that Thursday night in Kansas City. All right, I'm going to give you some home field advantage on, on my first question here, Charles. Okay. Two Tennessee wide receivers, Jalen Hyland and Cedric Tillman, two guys very close to your heart, I know. Tell me about these guys, and it's two separate questions. I'll start with Hyatt. How do you think a guy that played in the slot a lot and was in stack a lot in that Tennessee offense, wasn't really pressed at the line of scrimmage, is going to – uh, convert that skill set to the NFL where he's going to be asked to play outside with his vertical speed, right? And he's going to see a lot more press at the NFL level. Yeah, and, and they're going to move him around, as you know. I mean, that's what we do with the best, with the, the receivers nowadays. They'll play inside, they'll play outside. We'll get them on the move. you got to do all those all those things until they acquire that skill set. Plus, Jalen Hyde's not a big, big man. Okay, so it's not like him coming off the line of scrimmage is is, is got got some brute force behind it and kind of run through a jam. He's got a lot to learn in terms of footwork and skill and getting off the most creative coordinators until he acquires all of that and puts that as a part of the arsenal in his game. They'll put him on the move. They'll back him up off the line of scrimmage. They'll give him a chance to have that for as free a release as he can possibly get. Cedric Tillman is a horse. Okay. I mean, he's 215 pounds. So he's going to have the much better opportunity to deal with that off the top if for no other reason than brute strength kicks in for him. So if he has all that going, that, that'll be good. But let's keep it on Hyatt. All right. Tennessee put him in the best, best uh, advantage they could. The type of offense that you described, a lot of stacks. So you're not really getting pressed off the line of scrimmage. And his game is vertical. It's down the field. It's catch the ball on the move. And if he's catching it on the move, you got trouble all day long in your secondary. The thing that he's going to have to show, and I'm not saying he doesn't have it, but you don't find it very much on tape, is the ability to create. The ability to catch the football on a hitch, on a bubble screen coming inside, make people miss and get some more yardage. You catch him on that slant and he's on the move. You catch him on that deep dig and he's on the move. You catch him on the post or the go. You might as well go ahead. As they say, as they say in the SEC, if he's catching on the move like that, the band's going to play and it's going to play the song of his team. All right. That's how that works. And the NFL to be a little bit different for him, he'll still have that skill set, but he'll have to work harder in terms of that. So it's going to be interesting to watch, but to me, it's incumbent upon offensive coordinators. Know who you're getting, what you're getting, work your way into that as they acquire the rest of those, those the rest of those things that go into their tool chest. And eventually one day they have it all. Do you think Hyatt has it in him to develop that top of the route separation skill, that side to side lateral quickness to create separation as he expands his, his, his uh, route tree? 
I think he does. And I, I would guess by now he's sick of hearing people like me talk about what he doesn't <laughs> have. So the, the better ones are like, all right, enough out of you. Let me show you what I've got. Let me show you what I've been working on. My sense is that he's been working on this since the end of last season. One of the things that I got from my contacts back in Knoxville is, remember, he was not the number one receiver going into this season. It was Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman runs that meeting room. Cedric Tillman runs that position group, and rightly so. That's one tough, hard-nosed, smart, team-dedicated football players. Remember, he hurt an ankle this year and had surgery. He didn't shut down the season. He came back to play in order to help the team, and he didn't shut it down into the bowl game. This It just tells you a lot about that young man and tells you what you're getting. But as far as Hyatt, it's in him. There's no question because my point was what they told me is that last year he got in a jugs gun every day. He decided he needed more work on catching. He wanted to develop his game 200 catches plus per day trying to get himself a little bit better, I can put the same type of work into trying to work on that skill set as well. So it, it'll be fun to watch. But I will say this, John, keep an eye on Cedric Tillman because I do think he's going to develop and be a heck of a pro and maybe have a better career post-Tennessee because 2022 was supposed to be his year and injury got in the way of that. Yeah, I want to – and I was going to – it's perfect – Follow oh, up and here, by the Charles. way, he did have a thousand yard year in 2021. So it's not like he doesn't have some pelts up on the wall. Yeah. And, and that's what I want to ask you about because I watched his 2022 tape and I saw a big possession receiver, right? But now I wonder how much that high ankle sprain maybe sucked away some of his athleticism. It's on my list of tape to watch to go back and watch his 2021 tape, especially against Alabama and Georgia. And I'm told that he's going to look a lot more bursty. So as someone that's watched him closely, is there more to him that kind of that big possession guy that he showed to be in 2022? No question. And you just hit it. When you watch that tape or watch those tapes, call me back and I'm pretty sure you'll go, yeah, I see a little more burst there. He tried to play through some stuff last year. He ended up getting the surgery, came back, played again. You're not going to have the same burst, the same lift that you had prior to. But go back and watch the 2021 tape. He's not just a possession receiver. He has that in him, but I think he has a little bit more. Well, he has a lot more than that as far as I'm concerned. And that physical side of him, which you got to have nowadays because the corners are getting bigger. You run up against Sauce Gardeners now. All right, 6'3". So Tariq Woolen. All right, you're running up against these corners who have answered what the receivers have turned into. We've gone to those long, levy, long leggy, you know, three-position you know, uh, three player. And what I mean by three-position NBA basketball, one's a point guard, two's the shooting shooting uh, guard, three, that's your small forward. And those small forwards, they do damage in that league. And you watch, think about the Chargers. Is that not a team of hoop players? Yeah. And Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, right? I mean, when they start going downfield, and the Chargers have had those type of players for a long time now, a lot of teams are trying to put together receiving cores like that. And I think the, the the answer has been the defensive backs. We've seen a lot of them flip and become those longer guys playing on the other side. Tariq Woolen was a wide receiver at Texas San Antonio before flipping and making the move his junior year. Absolutely. All right, let's jump over to a different receiver here. Jordan Addison, Charles. You know, I watched this tape. I think I had him neck and neck with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I got to be honest with you. The 173-pound thing worried me because I didn't think I saw that light of a frame on tape. It didn't scare me with Devonta Smith a couple years ago because I saw him beat press constantly at Alabama and it wasn't a worry for me. 
I'm not sure I've seen that to the same extent of Addison. I don't think he's good of an athlete as Devonta Smith. Where do you sit on Jordan Addison? What's his ceiling? Is it more of is, is he more of a two? Can he play outside? They seem as more of a slot because I think he's a guy that could be sitting there at 25 for the Giants if they think he's the guy they want to pick. Yeah, I think he's got a good ch- good chance of sitting there. There may be a few others as well. John, we talked about this, I think, at the combine, and I think at that time we. I said, don't know if you agreed, didn't didn't agree, whatever it was. We're probably not going to have seven receivers in the first round, as we have had in the past. But I still think there's seven rounds of receivers available. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think we're going to have a bunch of them sitting in that area around where the Giants are going to pick, Jordan Addison being one of them. He is not, you know, he has not shown so far those things that you were saying you, you saw in Devontae Smith. But at the same time, go back to the pit film, moving to, to USC. Remember we were talking about Jalen Hyatt and how they were getting him off the ball? Well, these cre- creative offensive guys were doing the same thing with Jordan Addison. Yep. Move them. I mean, go ahead as you chart it and figure out how many times you saw him in this spot, how many times you saw him in this spot, how many times you saw him in this spot. He's playing where's Waldo. And they're getting him on the move. To make sure, hey, you can't just come up and jam and press and do all those things. I'm seeing that out of a lot of those, a lot of the receivers in this year's class because of what you talked about. Not many of them are big people. The top guys we have rated are just not big people overall. Quentin Johnston would be the biggest, right? Out of, out of the out of the upper tier group. The rest of them, I mean, Jalen Hyatt, is he 180 pounds? You know, Jordan yeah. Addison just mentioned at 173. What is Zay Flowers going to clock in? We're not talking giants, but we're also talking guys who have been skillfully maneuvered around and probably know more than one position, which is which is a very good thing in the NFL now because the way people defend you, it behooves you to know more than one position so they can't just zero in on you. All right, so if we're talking then, let's say round one you want to pass. Because your point, I think day two is going to be, especially round three, is littered with good receivers you could find, right? If you're looking for an outside receiver, Charles, uh, Giants have a million slot guys. I'm not interested. Talk to me. Talk to me about some outside guys that you like on day two that you think can can come in and help right away and develop into an outside threat to complement some of those fast and quick guys the Giants have inside. I'm an At Perry guy myself. I'd like yeah, to hear some of the guys you like on day two. And and I think At Perry got your attention even more when he ran what four four one at the combine. Yep. That helped a lot, right? I think he ran in that neighborhood. If I don't have it exactly, yeah, I think right. it was like four, four, six, maybe something like that. He was in that area. I gave him, I gave him a point zero five advantage there. Okay, I gave him that Wake Forest, you know, GPA extra. So, <laughs> in any event, though, four, four, six out of At Perry. My guess is that going into the combine, you had him in the four fives. Yep, I, I think we all did by watching him on tape. He tested faster than maybe we saw him play. But what's the difference for A.T. Perry? Size, body control, ability to go up and get it. Tracking the ball, too. Right? He'll body you off. Terrific ball skills. Knows how to position you really well to make sure he's got the advantage going up and getting the football. I think he's a very smart receiver that way. How about Xavier Hutchinson? He showed me something at the Combine. And during the week of the senior bowl, because this is a young man that gave me a little more dart than probably what I expected to see. And part of it, I think, John, is sometimes we end up falling back on what we've seen before from certain schools. Okay. Like think about offensive tackle this year. 
Rashawn Slater, we had debates about is he big enough, is he lengthy enough, is he this, and he's holding it down with the Chargers. We have the same debate about Peter Skaronsky, right? And so after a while, we go, well, Northwestern left tackle. Well, that's two guys, but that's how we end up yeah. doing it. Hutchinson coming out of Iowa State. Now we're into what we've seen in the past. Hakeem Butler, right? I think that Hutchinson's a little quicker than Hakeem Butler. I think he's a little more, got a little more movement skills. Better route runner, for sure. Better route runner and snatches the football. I like him. He'd be another guy that I would like on the outside. I think that, you know, Charlie Jones from Purdue really fascinates me. Great hands. Whew. 21 catches as the year before at Iowa, which, as we know, is offensively challenged. But he had movement skills the entire time. And people are like, everybody looks at me funny when I say that. They're like, he got 21 balls. I said, well, not many people caught more than that at Iowa. I'm pretty willing to predict that. But he also was the returner of the year in the Big Ten. So this guy we knew could scoot a little. What did he run at the combine? Low 4-4? Yeah, 4-4-3, I think. He was very fast. What did you say about him before? Hands? He's got him. Ike, he's an excellent route runner. And he goes to Purdue – and let's face it, John, if we if they cryogenically freeze us and bring us back 100 years from now, Purdue is going to be throw, Purdue is going to throw the football around and throw it around well. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. No matter who's coaching, no matter what era, they're going to have pitchers and they're going to have catchers. We can go all the way back, can't we? Yep. Len Austin is out of Purdue. Bob Greasy's out of Purdue. Gary Danielson's out of Purdue. Drew Brees is out of Purdue. Jim Everett's out of Purdue, right? I go on all day. And then you start looking at the guys who have played. Remember Taylor Stubblefield? I mean, these guys can flat out do it because they know how to, to throw it. Charlie Jones made a great move going there and being visible. And I thought he followed it up with a tremendous combine. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. All right, let, 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 let's go to the guys that's going to cover these wide receivers, the cornerbacks, Charles. And I think we have a good feel for the guys at the top of this class. I want to talk a little bit about day two guys because I think we're going to have a run here on corners in that you know late round oh, one, early round two area. You always do, right? Always. And you have to. Yeah, you have to because you need guys that can cover. And frankly, if you look back at the history of those area and those picks, it, it's it's kind of a wasteland. <laughs> I think it's it's hard to draft corners, right? At least, at least for the Giants, you know what you're looking for. Wink Marndale is going to press. He's going to get physical, and he's going to play man. So let's throw Banks, Porter, Witherspoon, and um, who am I forgetting? Gonzalez out. Let's say that they're not there. Who are so some of saying, the? So you're saying Banks, Porter, 
Gonzalez, Witherspoon are out. Yeah, let's throw them out. Who are some of the press man corners that that you really like in this? Are you, are you, are you not throwing Forbes out? You keeping Forbes? I think Forbes could be there at twenty five. To be honest yeah, with I you, think, busy because I, he's one hundred sixty five pounds. I think you're right. I think he could very well be there. And I've watched him again today. I plugged it back in. Because Great tape. Whew. His tape is phenomenal, and it's multiple ways. Yes, 165 to 170 pounds. Doesn't back down from anything. What what little bit of backside he has, he brings with him every single time when he goes to tackle you. He's not just tripping you up and cut and cut blocking you down. He's trying to form tackle and get in there. Now, sometimes it doesn't carry as much punch as he would like, but he's launching. All right. Most part, he is he is getting the job done. Instincts. Every year I go back and say, okay, who is my you know, honey badger this year, right? Who is my Tyron Matthew patron saint of instincts? In recent years, I thought Elijah Molden came out of school like that. He's been dinged up in Tennessee. Antoine Winfield came out like that in Minnesota. Mostly it's been safeties, right? This year, I think it's Forbes. I think his instincts and ability to be around the football and catch it. John, you've watched him on tape. I think he had three this year that were off of tips. Yeah. He either created or off of the defense and off of the offensive player, and all of a sudden it's like tip boom, and he's got it. He's his, going his ball, his ball skills has a lot of Trayvon Diggs in him. A lot of Trayvon Diggs. A lot of Trayvon Diggs. That's skills. a great way of putting it. Plus, you go back to high school. I think he had seven returns for touchdowns in high school. So predictive behavior does come into play. Six in college, 14 interceptions overall. So he could be there at that time. You mentioned Banks from Maryland. His running mate, Jacorian Bennett is a really good player on the other side and not, not afraid to come up and hit you, not afraid to tackle you, not afraid to be a part of the run game and is very aggressive up playing press up playing man loves to do it. He's another guy that I'd look for as we get past that first round and we start to get in that Tyreek Stevenson from the university of Miami would be another that comes to mind because remember he was at Georgia starting at the nickel as a freshman. He left Georgia, a national championship about to be team, because he wanted to play on the outside. Because he would have been he would have been playing inside his entire time. He thought his future was outside. He goes to Miami, and had a really good week at the Senior Bowl to confirm all of that. Um, you know, the one that I think is the biggest wild card in the whole thing is Keely Ringo from Georgia. You know, Stevenson might go ahead of him, which is hilarious, given that he transferred to leave. Given that he transferred out, right? <laughs> it also is because. Coming into the season, was Keely Ringo not a lock first rounder? And oh, yeah. Uh, he might have been a top 15 pick before the year started, Charles. No question. But the athletic ability is not gone. No. Where he has gotten hurt. And it reminds me a little bit when Marlon Humphrey was coming out. How many times did we talk about Marlon Humphrey? Can he find the football? Marlon Humphrey, does he have ball skills? We don't ask those questions anymore. Plus, Marlon Humphrey will, will, will punch you in the gut and take the ball away from you anyway. Ringo with that big frame, with that athletic ability, can be that type of a player. Remember, we went through that with Stokes coming out of Georgia a couple of weeks yep. ago. I mean, a couple of years ago. So, so we've gone through all of that. I apologize. The the, the 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 pups are pretty fired up this afternoon. Maybe they want to go play a little press. Well, Charles, game. we are talking about the Bulldogs. I get it. No, I mean they come into play. The guy, there's a guy <laughs> that I really like, but we're not talking outside corner. That's Clark Phillips. Yeah, out of Utah. He's we talk thick, about man. Right? Yeah. Thick, great build, great instincts, knows how to find the football, tackles in the run game. 
He'll play inside and he'll play really well. But I had to mention him because he's the type of player that keeps getting overlooked because we know where he's going to end up fitting, right? So when we're talking about outside corners, I don't think we're thinking Clark Phillips, but boy, is he a good football player. Yeah, I thought Darius Rush in the mix too. I thought it was great oh, in Mobile. Man. And he's big Listen, too. Like he'll get his paws on you, former wide receiver. That dude runs routes for the receiver. Think of it this way. At one point at the University of South Carolina, in their defensive back meeting room, in the not-too-distant past, J.C. Horn, Jamie Robinson, who finished up at Florida State, Cam Smith, and Darius Rush, who are both drafted this year on the corner. All four were in the meeting room at the same time. Yeah, it's not bad. Are you a believer in any of these interior offensive linemen, guards or centers, late first round picks, or would you hang out at that spot till day two? I think for the most part, people are going to want to hang there. If someone is a believer, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Osiris Torrance from Florida. There is a wild card in there inside, though. Two wild cards. If you want this year's Travis Frederick, where everyone goes, what? You're taking him there? Joe Tipman coming from Wisconsin. You like Tipman better than Schmitz, huh? I like him better than Schmitz for this reason. Movement. Mm. And when I say like it better, you know, it's a... Of course. <laughs> if, you send, if you send me Schmitz, I'm hugging him and saying, son, here's <laughs> you're starting on Sunday. But when you watch Tipman, he is a long version. He looks like Frank Ragnow, right, in Detroit. We're used to these sawed-off centers, right? But he moves a lot like Kelsey. And I know that that sounds really rich, and I don't mean for it to. I'm not saying he's Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. But he has that type of movement skill. Watch them in the run game, which I'm, I know you already have. How many times have you seen him snap it and lead? Yep. How many times have you seen the quarterback draw or a draw play? He snaps it, one count, get out in front. Does that is that not... Philadelphia's yeah. offense with Kelsey. Yeah, and, and then and, and then you go watch and Schmitz and it's just version. reach block city, by the way. <laughs> exactly. He he'll reach that three technique all day long. It's just he snaps the ball, he reaches, he snaps the ball, he reaches, he snaps the ball, he reaches, and he's gonna hang in there and bang with those guys, used to it in Big Ten territory. But that's where I'm going with that. Torrance from Florida. He was a butt kicker at, at Louisiana. He was a butt kicker at Florida. He just carried it with him. There was no difference. And by the way. Plug in that Georgia-Florida tape and watch him go chest-to-chest chest with Jalen Carter all day. That was fun. Like two mastodons meeting in the middle of the big, big park somewhere. When you go to Jurassic, those two are putting on the show for you. So so that's what you're talking about, about if we get it. A Tipman, if someone like Schmidt's better. I don't think Luke Whipler from Ohio State gets in that conversation in the first round. But I do think Osiris Torrance does. And I'll give you one more wild card potentially. Steve Avila. Ooh, I was going to ask you about him. I'll tell you what. I watched his center tape from 2021 yesterday. Yes. It's really good, too. So he's, good. Got, he's got flex. No, he can play center. He can play guard. Whatever you want out of him, he could be that wild card at the end of the first where somebody decides, I want that interior guy to help my people. He could be that next one in. So, so we'll keep an eye out. More likely to get into the second. But, you know, we always have wild cards at the end. Think of it this way. For runners, and you haven't asked yet, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because you and I have that kind of relationship. Go for it. Bijan Robinson, I've already predicted Philadelphia at 10 to start. 
Oh, don't don't say that to Giant fans, dude. That's gonna be a nightmare. That's, for that's, that's my starter. And I know Giants fans had a stroke going back years ago when things weren't going so great and getting Barkley at two. If you didn't have Barkley last year, are you in the playoffs? Nope. Okay, so Coach Gettleman, congratulations. Nailed that one because he gave you an identity and played to his potential and even improved. Where I thought Saquon improved the most last year was dirty runs. Yep. Instead of everything being a bounce and a bounce and a bounce, he pressed runs, pressed runs, and he took some two. He took some three. He took some ones, and then later on that became 40. And and and, and be, before, he was trying to make everything 40. So he got better doing what he's doing. Robinson's the next next incarnation of Saquon in so many ways. Catch That's it. Football. He's yeah. not McCaffrey catching it, but right. he's pretty darn good downfield catching the ball. Okay. So let's say Philadelphia at 10, New England at 13, I mean at 14, Detroit at 18. Somebody in there I think is going to take him. I know we keep talking about Buffalo taking him down there. The thing about Buffalo is they have they've had running backs. Will you use them? That's the key because they got to take some hits off of Josh at some point. That's my opinion. And, and I can tell you right now, Brandon Bean's ready to close line. He's sick of hearing me say the same thing over and over. I'll tell you what, Charles, you know, you mentioned the running back class and, and we'll wrap up here with a couple more questions. You know, you only have a couple, I think, bell cows. Bijan's one yeah. of them. I think Zach Charbonnet is one of them, right? Zach Charbonnet's a bell cow. The other guy I was going to mention at the end of the first round, though, is not a bell cow per se. Oh, Gibbs is awesome. Gibbs is, but Gibbs is terrific. And it reminds me when Clyde Edwards Elaire came out and Kansas City took him at 32. If Philly doesn't take him at 10, could he be the wild card guy at 30? That's a good come. one. I like that. And then I think you get into the mid rounds, you know, there are running backs with roles through five rounds in this draft. You got the yeah. big guys that run between the tackles like McBride and Kendry Miller and Rodriguez. Oh, you want guys that can run and be quick? Oh, go grab Tajay Spears or Eric Gray. Like, pick and choose. Like, there's a lot of guys depending on the flavor that you want. Have you seen Tavion Thomas from Utah? I have not watched him yet, no. Plug him in, another big guy. Cam Peoples, Appalachian State, another big guy. We're starting to get those big backs coming back into play. Two years ago, I didn't look for this year, but I bet it's similar. Two seasons ago, seven of the top ten rushers in the NFL, 220 or more. Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah, your your colleague, has done this study. You look at all the great running backs, they're all 215 plus, all of they're them. big people now. And by the way, Alvin Kamara is an easy 215. Doesn't look it, but he's 215 pounds. Okay, these are bigger people than, than we might think. So that that's all I'm saying on that. Sorry about hijacking there. I didn't mean to do that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, nah, you're all good, man. And, you know, in addition to the running backs and the Giants traded for Darren Waller, so I'm kind of down in the dumps about it because I love this tight end class. And I don't think Great the Giants idea. really have a need because they have Waller. They drafted Bellinger last year. Bellinger, nice job last year. Yeah, he was really good. You know, but if, if if you know, if Michael Mayer's sitting there at 25, how do I pass on him? If Dalton Kincaid's sitting there at 25, how do I pass on him? You know, I love, La I love LaPorter in the second round, but I don't see Thank room you. for him. I love this tight end class, Charles. It's great. 
it's a phenomenal tight end class. And the one you hit is the one that I'm really locked in on. Because I really feel like we're going to get two in the first. I really feel like we're going to yep. get Kincaid and Mayer, Mayer and Kincaid, one of those. People are trying to sneak Luke Musgrave in from Oregon State in there. I just don't know about full body of work. You know, he played, what, two games last year? They're I like to- Laporta more than him myself. I am a huge Sam Laporta from Iowa fan who I think his best is ahead of him because, again, they really couldn't get into football to him. But watching him at the combine confirmed what I thought I was seeing on tape. He is a very easy mover. His route running is excellent. Okay. And, of course, you don't come out of Iowa and not block anyone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the head coach, Kirk Ferentz, most head coaches, you know, they have the position they coach and that's where they hang. People keep maybe have forgotten. Kirk Ferentz was an NFL offensive line coach. Yeah, He spends the day with the offensive line much more than anywhere else. And I've watched some of their practices, and I think to myself, it's a special person, and there's a special place for these young men one day somewhere, having played for Kirk Ferentz at Iowa playing offensive line because they get a workout every day. We even talked about linebackers, Charles. Who are some of the linebackers you like in this class? I know it's not a super strong class. I know we're not talking first round here. But who are some of the guys that, that you've watched it? You're like, you know what? Not enough people are talking about this dude at linebacker. Okay. There's not a ton of them, but I'm going to give you a few right off the top. Okay. Jack Campbell, Iowa, um, put a green dot on him. He's calling your defenses. He's going to show up. He's one of the bigger, bigger linebackers. Kind of looks like Leighton Vander Esch. Solid as a Big rock. linebacker, yep. plays the passing lanes, does all that. Dan Henley, former Fast. receiver, kick returner, safety linebacker. He brings some punch with him now. He's not a huge guy, but he's pretty darn good. I'm really crazy about him. Um, Ivan Pace from Cincinnati. You talk about polarizing. He's Sam Mills. Scouts, he's Sam Mills. I guess scouts, scouts tell me I'm not even looking at him. I got other scouts telling me I love him to death because he shows up, and guess what? He's going to be wrapped around the ball carrier, okay? He is a poor man, Zach Thomas, in build. You mentioned Sam Mills, same type of a build. But yet, at the end of the game, how many times you're going to write down he had 12 tackles in this game and made some plays? I'm going to give you one that I'm crazy about that I haven't talked about very much. Isaiah Moore, linebacker, North Carolina State. If you haven't watched him, plug in the tape and give me a call and tell me if my eyes are deceiving me. I will check it out. Final question, these Charles. You mentioned inside, some- These are all inside guys? Yeah. If you want maybe the best pass defender of an inside guy in this draft, Henry Toto coming out of Alabama. Very good. Love it. Love it. All right. You've already mentioned some of them. Give me some Charles Davis specials here. You know, when you're sitting there at the desk on day three with Daniel Jeremiah and you're like, oh, I was waiting for this guy to get drafted. And like DJ just shuts up and says, Charles, take it away because you're so excited to talk about this guy. Give me a couple <laughs> of those guys that you know what I'm talking about. Give me a couple of the guys that, that you just love that, that did not attend the university of Tennessee. Carl, Carl Brooks, Bowling okay. Green, defensive tackle. Didn't didn't get invited to the combine. Should have tremendous senior bowl week has lined up at zero technique, three technique, five technique, nine technique, been an outside linebacker. I think he's going to line up and be much more of a three technique defensive tackle. Who's going to make plays in the NFL, Carl Brooks, Bowling Green, keep an eye out for him. Already gave you Isaiah Moore from North Carolina state, gave it up already. Absolutely love him. I think he's going to be a tremendous player in the NFL. I take a look here and I'm looking at these uh, linebackers, Drew Sanders from Arkansas who was at Alabama, spent 80% of his time dropping at Alabama because who was on the other side at Alabama when he was there? Some guy named Will Anderson. 
who's doing the pass rushing, okay? Goes to Arkansas, and to me, he plays like Dante Hightower without the bulk. Yeah. Meaning off the ball, tackles everything that happens, get to the edge, rush the passer. Maybe if you want to make it more contemporary, Micah Parsons, but not to that level. Yeah. Micah Parsons is beyond special. Yeah, I wasn't even asking just linebackers. Give me any positions, Charles, guys that you just love, and you're like, oh, these guys are my boys. If they can figure out what's going on off-field and get comfortable, Stetson Bennett is better than people give him credit for a quarterback. Better arm, better athlete. People are making him a priority free agent. I think they're missing the boat on that. I, I think he throws the ball well. I saw better athleticism. I think I, you and I talked about that in the national title game when he nearly back-to-back plays. It wasn't quite, but it was close. Remember, he spins out and gets away from a, pa- a free hitter, gets to the corner. And then the other time when he got to the corner, stuck his foot in the ground and just exploded for the end zone. And what did he end up running? High four, like four sixes. Yeah, and it looked like he was jogging when he did it too, by the way. <laughs> Very smooth in what he does. A much better athlete gets credit for. But I think off field is where all the questions are. And yeah. he didn't help with the process going in, right? If you talk about runners, I want to see Devon A-Chain from Texas A&M because he's a home run hitting type. We already talked about Tajay Spears. And he did a fantastic job at Tulane, ran USC into submission. A-Chain is a 4-3-8 runner who catches the football well out of the backfield. There's a place for him somewhere. I'm eager to watch where that's going to be. We already talked about Laporte at tight end. Absolutely crazy about him. But I'm going to give you one more that I really, really like. And he's listed as a tight end, but he's got to go to a team where he's going to be more of an H-back fullback, and that's Braden Willis from Oklahoma. He blocks everything, Okay. With all these fullbacks that we have, when I say all, there aren't many in the league that are good lead guys, this guy is going to be one of those people. Plug in his tape and notice how many times he gets the initial block, a second block, and if he gets downfield, he's going to get a third block. Those are a few of the guys I'll give you. Love it. Charles Davis, check him out on NFL Network leading up to the draft and, of course, during the draft with great coverage with DJ, Bucky, all the other folks there on NFL Network. Thanks for joining us on the John's Hub Hot Podcast brought to you by PSE&G. We'll see you next time, everybody.